Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. What does this organization feel like? How are they going to treat me? Do they care about my opinions? Do I get? Do I know the CEO? Do I have a relationship with them? Do I have a relationship with the other employees that I can't see or meet in person? Um, those are really important things. And of course, the flexibility that comes with a 100% remote work environment. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who've built award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. In today's episode, John Duesberg chats with Cass Gilmore, CEO of FluentStream. FluentStream's mission is to provide the best possible communication service and support for small businesses across the country. They were recently named to the Inc. 5000 list for the fourth year in a row as one of America's fastest growing technology companies. Cass sits down with John to share their story of driving 6x revenue growth through their acquisition program, shifting to a fully remote workforce during the pandemic, and how they've set their intentions on continuing to build and redefine a positive work culture that keeps their people connected. Let's jump into the conversation with Cass Gilmore. Over to you, John. Cass, welcome today. Um, so glad to have you here uh, on The Great Retention. Um, excited to have you. Welcome. John, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, um, I'm excited to, to, to dive in. Um, but before we do, um, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about the business. Uh, Fluent Stream, give us an overview for the audience here. Sure. FluentStream is a cloud communications provider for small and medium businesses in North America. Uh, we provide a great service, not only a business phone system, but we bundle that with contact center features for sales and support teams that are trying to provide the best service they can to the end customers. Uh, and we've actually been around since 2010, uh, but really went into hyper growth mode beginning in 2018 uh, with some new unique partner programs we have in the marketplace to accelerate our growth. Got it, got it, got it. And I'm super interested to hear about, about the growth, um, but specifically around how you've managed the culture with the growth. So, um, so why, don't we, why don't we start there? Tell us a little bit about you know, the why behind FluentStream. Tell us a little bit about the culture. What makes, you know, as an employee, what makes it special, you know, for me, um, you know, overall with the culture. Let's, let's, let's start there if that's okay. Sure. Well, I think one of the one of the places I usually start is culture. To me, is not um, something I personally define as CEO, put on a paper, and then push top down. Culture is actually all the different actions and and biases that each individual employee, or we call them streamers here, bring to the company. And that collective set of actions and choices, personalities, biases that we all bring and have, actually is what creates the culture. And so that's how we think about um, what culture means to us. At FluentStream, we have a core set of values that we think helps guide the behaviors and the actions of FluentStream's employees, which again, we call streamers. And uh, we have five core values. I won't go into each one of those. But what we do when each employee um, comes on board is we talk about 
not only driving results because we're a high growth performance driven organization, but how we get to those results, the behaviors and the actions that we have to actually complete the work required to drive those results matters just as much as the end results that we're trying to get to. And so that's what we talk about and kind of set a foundation that in addition to um, inclusion, uh, bringing our employees together, making them feel like, hey, they're appreciated, each of their values and comments matter, especially in a remote organization. Uh, those are the things that some of the things that we think shape our culture and help um, create really an intangible fabric uh, that makes our employees keep coming back and stay with us and retain with us. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I love streamers, by the way. That's awesome. Um, and, and I, I know, you know, we've talked about, so, so, so your team is fully remote. Right. Yes. hundred percent remote. So, but it wasn't always that way for fluent stream. Right. And so it used to be, you know, you had, you know, the office in Denver, you know, people bring in their dogs. Right. And then you, you, you made this move, I think even before pandemic kind of forced people to go remote, you as a leadership organization team decided you were going remote. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, how did you make that? So the why behind it, how did you make that transition? Any lessons learned, experiences, you know, best practices that you can share when it comes to maintaining, you know, that strong culture in that remote environment? Sure, sure. And tons of learnings and we're still learning. I think that's one of the most fun parts right now of leading a business in this day and age is that folks that have gone fully remote were really on the forefront of doing this, um, you know, as a standard practice for the first time ever in society, I'd say. So um, yep. for anybody that thinks they've got it mastered or nailed down is totally wrong. We're still all <laughs> learning and figuring out how this is going to yeah. play long term. Uh, but for us, the, um, the decision was actually pretty easy because in 2018, we pivoted the business strategy from really, I'd say, a, a regional or local provider of UCAS or Unified Communications as a Service um, to uh, the broader Colorado area to really a national footprint. So we took on a national growth strategy where we were going to grow uh, through partners and through acquisitions. And that led us to say, okay, hey, we don't have a workforce strategy that is well aligned to that growth strategy. And where the rubber hit the road was um, when we would do some acquisitions, we were having a tough time attracting those employees that we acquired um, or their families to come live in Denver where our headquarters and our office was. Um, so it was kind of an easy decision and obvious to say we, we, got, we have to better align our workforce strategy and support distributed employees um, with, this, with this growth strategy. Then COVID hit about six to 12 months later, and we said, okay, this is our silver lining to actually accelerate that shift to a fully distributed remote workforce. And we didn't know when the pandemic would be maybe approaching an end and folks would feel comfortable coming back into an office. Um, so at that moment, we decided, hey, rather than trying to replicate a lot of what we've been doing in the office to attract and retain and make employees excited, which included kegs, dogs, uh, <laughs> no shoes at times, uh, okay. ping pong, all of those things. We said, okay, we've really got to re-look re at the drawing board and, uh, and start with a blank uh, slate of paper. And so what we did was with the leadership team is we sat down and we drafted a whole set of norms and just tried to put on paper visualizing the type of remote environment we wanted to create and also what we didn't want to create. Right. I think we've all seen some of the negative consequences of living inside of chat rooms or public forums like Twitter. Um, there can be a lot of noise and uh, unproductive behavior that comes with that. So a lot of our norms were designed to uh, make sure it was a safe, inclusive environment in a fully digital 
um, uh, landscape where most of our communications happening over Slack or messaging and the minority of it's actually happening over video and voice. Um, and so that was a really intentional shift that we had. And, uh, and so far, we've been refining those norms, trying to reinforce them. Uh, and we have every single employee that joins us uh, really digest those, understand them, comprehend them uh, before they get started in their, their actual day jobs and real work. Yeah, no, it's really, really interesting. And I know, so, so you know, Cass, this is something that I hear um, to your point, everyone who says they have it all figured out is, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, definitely think, think twice on that. But, um, you know, everyone's trying to figure out, you know, how do they keep their people connected? You know, what does their core values mean to that, that, that new person who's, you know, ha- weren't part of the, the no shoes dogs, you know, everything else. Right. And, and so, so you, your leadership team, you sat down and you wrote out, it sounds like, Here's what we want a virtual first culture to be, and here's what he, what we don't want it to be. Is that am I hearing you right on that? Exactly right. So we, we called it our distributed workforce norms. Um, it's a published, okay. pretty but long document, um, and it talks about very you know everything from large intentional things about you know how we want to treat each other in a vague way, but also very down to tactical things like, hey, when is it okay to turn my video off? When is it not? When is it okay to do a voice call versus a video call? Um, yeah. How should we communicate asynchronous, asynchronously Excuse me, um, yeah. versus try and get on a live meeting every time we want to talk to somebody, right? Cass can just record himself on a video now and send that to the, to the team. And maybe it doesn't have quite the same impact as a live meeting would, um, but it might take an extra two weeks to get all the schedules aligned to have a live meeting. And so that, that small video clip, clip might be more effective than actually a a text communication in that particular environment. Um, So little things like that, we got very intentional on and, you know, we're still learning and then we try and update that document and recorporate it back in and and, uh, always make that better. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. And I think it's something that really could be applicable to, you know, to, to almost any organization, um, you know, this day and age. Um, so, so it sounds like this is also part of your, your onboarding process. So new exactly. hires are understanding these norms and they're, you know, walking through this. Um, is that right? A hundred percent. And actually okay. that that's been a lot easier than trying to teach or have put differently our employees that were used to having an office and those kegs in that environment. Yeah. Say, okay, now relearn this whole way we want to work and support a remote culture. That was actually a lot harder than kind of teaching this to a, a new remote employee joining us. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love how, you know, you are intentional about saying, Hey, let's take a step back. Let's really define you know, what we, what we believe and what we want this to be. Um, I think that's a great lesson learned for, for leaders um, who, who are, are, are taking away notes from this call. So thank you. Um, so, so I want to kind of transition into, you know, somewhat of a buzzword, but, you know, it's something that I know a lot of leaders are dealing with um, and it's the great resignation, right? So employees leaving the company for, um, for a variety of different reasons, um, you know, maybe that changes a little bit with some of the economic conditions, but I think it's always true to, you want to be able to, you know, attract and retain great people. Right. And, um, so tell us, you know, ha- what have you experienced with the great resignation? Has this had any impact on Fluence Dream? Um, are, is there anything that you guys have done to kind of navigate that, 
any lessons learned that you can share um, on, on that as well? Hey, more recognize often. Uh, <laughs> okay, keep it simple. Through, I like it. it. Half true. Yeah, it really is. Um, no, we're definitely not immune to it. it it's been something that's, uh, you know, I'd say, I think we've, we've weathered relatively well versus peers and competitors and other growth companies at our stage. But we're seeing situations where, you know, maybe we hired an employee and then within a year of their employment, they're getting a, uh, an offer that they can't refuse. Um, and that's in some ways we view as almost desperation by other employers um, to have to try and fight this great, great resignation with increased pay or benefits. or And that can lead to offers to our employees that they that are um, superior to what we can match or afford. Um, but the best way we've, we've tried to navigate this whole landscape and uh, what I call a more challenging um, labor environment for us is really focus on the benefits of what FluentStream has that's unique to other companies. For example, number one, we're, we are in hyper growth mode. Um, a lot of companies don't have the excitement um, that comes with being with a hyper growth company and in uh, such focus and relentless pursuit of that growth. And in fact, that's something that bonds a lot of the streamers that we have. And so sure, you could go to you know, a public company that's more of a flat grower and maybe make a lot more with, especially with stock options, or at least a few months ago with stock right. options. Right. And, 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 you know, we probably can't compete against that. But on the flip side, if you really want to be at a hyper growth company that, you know, we're on this run from called 10 million to 100 million of ARR, we think that's a really fun journey. And that attracts a certain type of individuals, employees that want to be part of that, um, not just a number on a larger company that's more predictable and potentially a higher economic benefits. Um, yep. That being said, we're always looking at our economic packages and making sure that we're competitive. Um, and that means you know, being willing to not just have annual cycles of looking at compensation, but looking at it more often. Um, so we really think of, um, and then some other things, John, that help us attract employees and, and retain them are, um, are what I call that intangible fabric that I mentioned earlier around what does this organization feel like? How are they going to treat me? Do they care about my opinions? Do I get? Do I know the CEO? Do I have a relationship with them? Do I have a relationship with the other employees that I can't see or meet in person? Um, those are really important things. And of course, the flexibility that comes with a 100% remote work environment, that seems to be a big, big selling point. Um, and so where um, certainly we, we have maybe some additional turnover that we wouldn't have seen without the great resignation. We're also seeing attracting maybe more candidates that we otherwise wouldn't have or that don't want to go back to an in-office or hybrid environment. Uh, they're, they've gotten used to the remote work environment. They feel successful and productive there. And so they want to join a company like ours that has that flexibility. I like it. Um, you know, you, you said something there, you know, people that want to be part of that hyper growth journey, right? And the excitement, the the bonding, the 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 community that comes along with that. Um and 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 I th I think you know it it may not be for everyone. And I think that may be okay, right? It, it's hey, this is who we are. This is what it means to be a streamer. And you're going to attract, you know, folks who are going to gravitate to that. So um that makes sense to me. I like it. Um, yeah, no, that, that's great. And, you know, you know, Cass, I, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing with us the, your, your insights, you know, just the remote first kind of environment, how you've navigated that. And as we wrap up, um, you know, we, we've, you know, we've got leaders, you know, they, they're listening in because they want to be able to apply, you know, 
things that have worked for other organizations, you know, to perhaps to their, their teams, right. And who they might be navigating um, and trying to figure out these norms, right. And, and how to be competitive when it comes to, you know, higher salaries that, that bigger companies are offering. So any practical pieces of advice that you can, you can share or, or any kind of final, you know, lessons learned that, that, that you can share um, as we wrap up here today. Sure. I think the first one is I, I think any flavor of a work environment can work. Um, so I hear a lot of biases. Sometimes it's like, oh, that, you know, remote's not here to stay. Well, I think we're a living proof that remote can work and be successful. And there's other organizations that are show, that are showing that that's true as well. And so just being intentional and thoughtful about it is what's important most. Um, and thinking through the different scenarios and how you have to change the business to support that is what's most important. But if you want to be hybrid, fully in person or fully remote, I think all three can be successful um, in this day and age and as we go forward uh, past the uh, pandemic days, hopefully soon. And uh, the second thing I'd say is that if you're going through a transition uh, to one of, from one of those places to another place, so you're in person, you're going to fully remote or hybrid, um, it takes active management, coaching and preparation of your managers, of other, most importantly, your people managers to get there. Um, and to let them know that, hey, it's okay um, to try for so long to get that employee to adopt the new practices and norms you want to have, whether that's in, in that, a lot of cases, that's accountability for work, you know, not seeing somebody next to you. And so um, those things can happen, but they, you have to actively coach and prepare the managers um, and really give them, give them the um, autonomy and empowerment to make tough decisions. If an employee is not going to be able to turn the corner and, um, and needs more of that in-person environment to be successful. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, you know, really focusing on the managers. Um, that that's great. Um, Cass, I really appreciate you sharing with us uh, just these insights and what it means to be a streamer uh, as part of Fluent Stream. So thank you, um, and uh, and just really appreciate again. You know, all of the lessons learned and best practices here. Hey, John, thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Appreciate it. That wraps up another edition of the Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf Podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM 
and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.